Jesus stories. Join us around the burning bush campfire as we listen to the Holy Spirit speak through others and into us. Lord, prepare our hearts as we have come to be filled by you. Ignite us like only you can. Hi, my name is Eric White. I am 36 years old and this is my story. So I was raised in church more in religion than than anything. But um great parents took me to church, always had everything I needed, um, disciplined me. Good, good, good home, good upbringing. But um, probably around fourteen is I started using using drugs and alcohol, and just trying to fit in with with kids at school, trying to find my identity. And um, man, I fell into to drugs and alcohol for started with pot and pills and and booze and. I was probably 16 when I did meth for the first time. And um, then throughout my 20s, you know, I stayed I stayed drunk pretty well throughout my 20s. It was. um, I was hard on my family, man. I met my wife when I was uh, 18. We've been together since 2006, I believe and uh got married in 2010 and she hung she hung in there with me through it all man i was wasn't a good dude i was selfish self-absorbed how whatever i could do man people were just a means to an end to get what i wanted to uh man whatever i could do to get my next high my next fix that was that was how i lived man for about 15 years through I was 29 when um, the Lord spoke to me but through all that I had a praying mama a praying daddy and a praying wife and my mom I want to say I was it was 12 years she stood on the promise she was at a church service and she said that she heard the Lord say that he, he'll be saved. And man, she would preach to me all the time. She'd always tell me, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Man, you don't even know what's in me. Like, I, all I could see in me was evil, you know. I believed in God. I believed that that he was real. I believed in Jesus. But I just believed that, that I'd made my bed and I was going to lie in it. I believed he was some mad dad far away. I mean, I didn't even really see him as a father. I just seen him as a judge, really, that was just waiting to strike me down. That I'd made my bed and I'd lie in it. And like I started losing friends really young. In my, you know, about 20 is when I started losing really close friends to, you know, car crashes, drugs, alcohol. And man, it just got darker and darker. I lost my best friend at as I was 25. He had he'd went to prison. He'd just got out and and um that crushed me crushed me and it just sent me in a in a darker spiral
And man, it was just more drugs, more alcohol. And I remember him laying in, he laid in the hospital for two weeks and, and everybody was just like, pray for him, pray for him. And I couldn't, I couldn't even pray for him because I didn't feel like I was worthy because I didn't think God would listen to me. Hey man, I won't, I won't ever let somebody, <laughs> man, I won't ever let somebody go without prayer now. That's a, God's big. He's so good. He's so merciful. So, man, my marriage was uh, was crumbling. We had, we had two kids. I have uh, my son James was born in 2011 and then Emily in 2013. And, man, I was always getting arrested for pot. I didn't get in trouble for really anything else. But fortunately, again, by the grace of God, because I've done a lot of dumb things, but... Uh, always getting in trouble for pot and then those last two years man i started wrecking cars a lot i wrecked several cars and it was just my wife was done she was fed up and i wasn't home half the time when i was home i wasn't home you know i wasn't there i mean i always worked i always provided for for the kids but i wasn't a i wasn't a good dad i wasn't i definitely wasn't a good husband i was a decent dad by the world standards i guess but I was a terrible husband and um and my wife was gonna leave me and she had started going to church i guess it was in the the year of probably like 2015. she started going to church and um i wasn't going with her i was just doing what I wanted to do. You know, I, like I said, I wasn't there half the time. I was, I wasn't faithful. I was, um, and I was a dirt bag just straight up. And the Lord told her she was washing dishes, standing there. And the Lord told her just stay with him and watch what I'm going to do. And, um, I'm a hundred percent, I just believe this with all my heart. It was, it's kind of like the, the, the friends that tore off the roof to get them to Jesus. Like my mom, my dad, my wife, they were the friends that tore off the roof to get me to Jesus. Um, I really believe that he honored their prayers. He honors when we cry out for people, he honors that. And, um, It was his faithfulness and their faithfulness. I mean, my mom was standing on those prayers for 12 years. You know, she he told her to uh, stand on the promises. She said she heard that hymn and, and she stood on it. And then my wife, you know, when she had every reason to leave me, it was the love of God that said, don't leave him. Watch what I'm going to do in his life. And, um, so I started going to church with her. Like I had, I'd gotten a, in a bad car wreck pretty, and I don't know how I made it home. It was again, by the grace of God, I'd wrecked, I'd hit a telephone pole and I woke up, my head hit the windshield and shattered the windshield. And I woke up and uh, I remember praying to him, Lord, get me home. Lord, if I could just get home. 
and he got me home and she said that uh, I came in crawling on my hands and knees. I'd been up for about a week. I'd been, I'd been on meth for a couple months and drinking every day. And, um, he got me home. I crawled in somehow I crawled. I, she said I crawled, crawled into the house from the car. I don't know how I didn't hurt anybody or hurt myself, but I got into the house and uh, the next morning, I, I won't forget, I cried out to God all morning with a true like godly sorrow in my heart where I just, I was tired of it. I was tired of living like that. I was tired of hurting myself, hurting my family. And I, and I remember laying on that couch all morning long, just crying out to him, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Man, man, nothing changed uh, for the next, that was probably in October of 2015 and nothing changed. I kept, I kept drinking. I kept smoking. I kept, I kept doing what I was doing a little more careful, but but I wanted to change, but I kept going to church with her. I'd go to church, man, I'd get out of church and I'd go get a case of beer and I'd drink my beer and, you know, I, but I kept going to church and I was listening and seeds were being planted and I didn't, it doesn't even really make sense to me because part of me wanted it. And then part of me wanted to hold on to the only thing I'd known for so long. You know, I was scared because I didn't know anything else. And uh, it was February 7th, 2016. I was in church. And um, I don't know what the pastor was preaching on. I, all I know was I heard the voice of God say, give me your life and I'll give you a new one. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was him. Like there was, you can't, either I was crazy and I'm still crazy and hear voices in my head or... Um, the God of the universe spoke to me and, and I knew in that moment when the God of the universe spoke to me and cared enough to take time out of his busy schedule to speak to little old me in my mess, in my, in my pit, in my mire, man, I wasn't cleaned up whatsoever. And he, uh, he said, give me your life and I'll give you a new one. And I said, all right, I'm tired of it. I don't know what it looks like, but here you go. And and I, I remember the, I knew that the pastor was going to have an altar call. I knew that. I was like, shut up, man. Come on. I'm, I'm ready to get to that altar. It was the first time I'd ever, like, I went in church. I'd asked Jesus in my heart over and over again. But I never gave him my life. I never surrendered my life. And, and that's, man, it ain't about saying a prayer. It's about giving him your life. He wants your life, your your room, like your house. Like, I have a house and I can give him he wants every room of my house. I don't want to put him, give him the upstairs and not give him, not let him have access to my bedroom. I want him to come in my bedroom. I want him to have the deed to my house where when the enemy comes in and tries to knock on my door, it's there's new ownership. Like he doesn't get, he doesn't get to. And in that moment, man, he changed me in an instant. Like I went from, from full of hate full of anger, full of self-loathing, um, shame and guilt to free in a moment. Like, seriously, like that. It was, um, he had already, like, I already had godly sorrow from 
man, I'd had godly sorrow. He was working on me. He was planting these seeds. And I don't understand his timing. I don't understand all how it works. But once he spoke to me, and I believe he had to speak to me, it couldn't have been a man talk me into Jesus. Because if a man talked me into Jesus, another smooth talking man could come talk me out of Jesus. But it was it was God that that said, give me your life and I'll give you a new one. And in that instant, he gave me a new life full of and convicted. My heart says that that he convicts the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and righteousness. And he convicted my heart of righteousness in a moment and convinced me that and that I was holy and blameless in his sight. And his says, man, that. All of it is under the blood. He, he threw my sin. He didn't just come to forgive my sin, became to remove my sin, to throw it as far as the east is to the west. And that was was a conviction in my heart from, from day one. Like, I'm right. I am right now. And there's nothing that that I can do, say, to change it. Like, I could walk away from him is the only thing, and I can't even do that. I promise I can't do it. I tried for a second. But um, yeah. So he uh, he gave me this new life, and man, trials and tribulations come immediately. He immediately started downloading um, like scripture that I never read a book before. Uh, I read Merle Haggard's biography and Lonesome Dove, and that was the only two books I'd ever read. And I, I just like growing up, I couldn't I had an ADD and I couldn't I couldn't read and comprehend. And even in. I don't know, that book is just so alive, man, I started reading it and it, it become alive in me, downloaded into my spirit, man. And even things I don't even remember reading was just burned in my heart. Like one of the first ones that I remember was um, Trials Produced. Perseverance, perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope doesn't fail because of the love that is poured out by the Holy Spirit. And. Um, man. He that that was one that I had to stand on immediately because immediately I started going through through trials and. It was because man trials would come in in the before christ and it was going back to drugs alcohol run away run away run away that's all i ever did i never stood stood and faced anything i never had courage i was never brave but through um through the word man and faith he prepared me for for trials he he began to take me i had a I had a brother man that told me man go in your secret place Go in the secret place and seek him. And that's what I did. And I did it at the expense of my family. Even I would go and I would get alone with the Lord. And I, I and I, it was necessary for, for a season, man, because I had to, to build that foundation. I had to build my go deep with him and build my foundation for when the storms came that my house would stand because the storms are coming man. the winds are coming and in the middle of them ain't the time to be trying to build your foundation. So there was a season where I went to the secret place and I sought the Lord. And like I said, it was at the expense of my wife and my kids. I mean, I, I would leave, leave my wife. Hey, you take care of the kids. I got to go seek Jesus. 
and it, it was probably the wrong way to go about doing it, but it was, like I said, I believe it was a, a necessary season in my life just for that. And I began to man read the word and, and seeing all the gifts of the spirit that were there healing, man. I read about, and I read Jesus loved to heal. I seen that. And I'm like, man, this is something he says that we are to do. And I believe it was my wife was the first person that I prayed for, for healing. I would, she had a, she had a headache, I believe is what it was. And uh, I just went and laid hands. on. I was like, man, Jesus said that this, I can just lay hands on you and, and believe and it'll go. And I went and laid hands on her. And she said, as my hand come off of her head, man, that the headache left. And I just praised God. And I just started, all right, man, if, if this is something that, that, Jesus did. I want to go after it. I want to go after it. if he if he healed people. I want to heal people. If he fed people, I want to feed people. If he. Uh, man, it doesn't matter what it was. He he went about doing good and healing all and and doing good. I mean, changing a, a little old lady's tire, carrying groceries, whatever it is, it was in my heart, man. I want to love people. I spent a lifetime hating people, bullying people and man, he changed my heart in a moment and, and he began to teach me who he was and how much he cared for people. And so I began to pray for people, man, out on the streets and in Walmart and everywhere I went and seeing healings. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I ran with that. He put this like evangelistic gift inside of me where, man, everywhere I went, I wanted to tell people about the greatest gift in the world and you know i got persecuted by family a lot like even the ones who were like they didn't want me drunk but they didn't want me and praying for people well, who do you think you are and it's, i'm a child of god i can tell you man people people will say i'm a child of god but when you really want to use your inheritance and what he's given you as a child of god people will will persecute you they will they'll get offended. I mean, when Jesus said, I'm the son of God, man, it offended people. And so when they're all right for us saying it, but when we really want to exercise our authority as a, as a child of God, people will, will be offended. And I, I want to encourage somebody, man, not to don't be discouraged and don't pump the brakes just because people don't understand you because they didn't understand Jesus and it doesn't really matter if they understand you, you understand who you are in him and you understand that word and what he tells you to do in it and just do it. So, um, yeah, man, he, uh, he put that, that, that healing in my heart, man. That was one of the righteousness being free from sin, the dominion of sin. I'm not saying that, you know, we're perfect by no means, but, we are no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer bound by our old addictions. You know, I mean, I was set free from marijuana, which I thought I would always smoke pot. Like I didn't even think there was anything wrong with it. I really didn't. And I was smoking a joint and I was reading my Bible. I was praying and he just said, you don't need it no more. I mean, and so I don't need it no more. I threw it away. It's that simple to me. Like the gospel is, and I had such a fervent for obedience because I heard his voice and I loved that he spoke to me and I wanted him to keep speaking to me. So anytime I'd hear him say something through the word and then 
through learning to hear his voice through the word, I would just obey. And again, people would persecute me. Well, you can you can take a pill once in a while, or you can do this. It's okay. Like, I'm like, no, man, that's not. I don't want that anymore. It isn't about I can't do this and I can't do that. It's that I don't get. I don't have to do those things anymore. I have freedom now. I have a love and a joy that you can't give me. No relationship on earth can give me. No drug can give me. It's it. It really only comes from Him. Like. There's true freedom in him. And we don't have to struggle with the same things we've always struggled with. There's going to be struggles. And I'm not I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, man, we we are more than conquerors. He gives us the ability. Grace isn't something that that we get to sin or a license to sin and get away with it. It isn't even like that. It's I don't have. He gave me a new heart like says those who delight in the Lord, he will give them the desires of their heart. Well, the desires of my heart have now become the desires of his heart. That's why I'm so passionate about healing. That's why I'm so passionate about what the finished work has done for us. It's made us right with him. And it's that simple. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to earn it. It's not about that. It's because I believe that what he did was enough and it made me now in in right standing and back to what I was originally created to be from the beginning that like it, it's my identity it's who what I was always looking for the purpose I was always longing for is now fulfilled in him and I want to walk that out I don't want to um Obedience, man, obedience to me is if I'm if I am disobedient, it robs not only me of my destiny, but it robs you of your destiny. Because because the gifts and all this stuff, it isn't about me. I'm not even a Christian for me. I'm a Christian or, or a Christ follower because for one, that's my design is to be love now. And it and it's to shine him. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I just want Jesus seen. I want Jesus seen in my family, first and foremost. And and man, the grace that he's put on my marriage now. And that like that's one of my biggest convictions. I want a healthy marriage. I want a healthy family. And all the rest of it is secondary, man. I mean, I've I've got to do cool things in ministry, you know. I've got to I've got to be a youth pastor. I've got to do some got to work with the homeless of, of, you know, I get to do some marriage counseling here and there and, and I get to do cool stuff, but man, in my home is, that's my most important ministry. And, um, I want people to see Jesus, man. That's really, that's it. I don't want them to know my name. I want them to see Jesus and in his fullness and everything that he paid for. I don't want to walk in anything less than what he paid for. And if he said that, man, if if healing is possible, if prophecy is possible, all of it, man, I mean, I want to prophesy. I want to I want to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. I want to hear words of knowledge, man, to help someone come into the light and come into the family. It's, it has nothing to do in it with with me, but I want to see him and I do want to partner with him. I used to say I want God to use me all the time, and I stopped saying that because I don't want to just wear his bride. And I really know my wife doesn't want me to just use her. 
we're partners. So I want to partner with the Holy Spirit and I want to partner with the Father and, and do his will. And whatever, whatever it looks like, you know. First of all, it, it just it's loving people. It's laying down my life for my wife and my kids, first and foremost. Because that was one thing that like I said, I was the most selfish person, self-centered. And I still I have to guard my heart against that subtle selfishness because it's sneaky. But the more we recognize it and repent, the more um it's a that's a grace too. That's a gift. Repentance is a gift. The gift that we can change our mind about who God is and who God says we are. Because I really I'd say he wants us to know who we are in him. And identity is 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 another huge thing. There's three big convictions on my heart, and it's Jesus loves to heal. Once you're born again, you're made right. And and then knowing who you are in him and not moving away from that. And that's righteousness. I mean, it, those two are just married. They're all married together. But and the body of Christ, so many times I've heard I've heard people. Uh, who've been doing this for a long time, not not know who they are in Christ and and still letting sins that were 30, 40 years ago plague them. And it's like, man, that's not who you are today. Is the fact that you feel bad about it right there tells me there's conviction in your heart. And so just let that shame and guilt go like shame and guilt was was cut off in my life. Um, very abruptly. And I'm thankful for it. And. There, sure, there's times where it comes in and tries to tries to sneak in and. And have a voice, but man, you just turn to God and say, thank you, I'm not that man anymore. It's not who I am. Even sometimes a thought doesn't mean it's your thought. Thoughts are invasive, man. It can be the enemy knocking at the door, trying to get back in, making you think that it's something inside of you. But it's really not in you at all, man. It's just something that's trying to, to sneak back in and get you to partner with it and agree with it. So, yeah, that's my story. I love Jesus. Thank you for listening to Jesus Stories. Revelation 12.11 tells us that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. If the Holy Spirit used this testimony to speak to you today, we want to hear about it. If you love the show, make sure to give us a rating, like, comment, and share to help people find God's healing power through the testimony of others. If you're new in your walk with Jesus or haven't even started yet, we have resources for you. Find all contact information and resources in the show notes. Blessings to you, friend, and we will see you next week. Jesus Stories is a ministry of Hidden Gems. If you would like to learn more about Hidden Gems, find the website link and other important information in the show notes.